podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Have you heard? Metro by T-Mobile now includes Amazon Prime. Yes, enjoy the best of shopping and entertainment, movies, TV shows, music, free shipping, and much more. All included for just $40 per line for three lines. All on the T-Mobile network. Discover the smarter way. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. One offer per account. Offer subject to change. $12.99 per month value. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video at 480p. Capable device required. See store for details and terms and conditions. Welcome to the Managing Madrid Podcast. This is your host, Kian Sabani. It's a Thursday edition, special edition. We don't always record on Thursdays, but if if I can get a hold of a, a, a quality La Liga journalist um, to help me preview a Real Madrid game, I will. And in this case, no one better to talk about Abar than my man Ewan McTeer, football journalist. He's written the book, author of Abar the Brave. Um, he also does work for Marca in English, These Footy Times, FIFA Football, and also writes about Atletico Madrid um, and is off to the Atletico game after this. Ewan McTeer, thank you for joining the show. How are you doing? Yeah, really good. And I'm excited. We c- that was quite a good link there because, uh, yeah, off to Atletico Madrid Europa League game later. And maybe next season we'll be off to an Eibar Europa League game because they've just been awesome this year and are still pushing for that seventh spot. I would be over the moon if that happened. I was hoping for it last season. They they just came up short. They yeah, weren't too they were far close. away. Yeah, they were close. So this is, I think, like everything that Abar is doing is amazing. Um, and I always like would make this joke, like because so this kind of all started. I was at the game where Abar drew at the burn about one one. Was it last year? I think it was last season. Uh, yeah, it was the last year. I think that's the only one since they've been up. That I've not gone to the Bernabeu for, so oh, I've really? seen the the four yeah. nil and the three mm. nil as well, I think. And well, um, that was the one I missed. <laughs> that during that game, I I mean, I, for it's true that regardless of who, almost anyone Real Madrid play a one one draw at the Bernabeu is a bad result for them. Um, and at that moment, we didn't really know the greatness of Abar, so we were just like. This is this is terrible, and it still is in hindsight a bad result for Real Madrid. It always is, but you kind of saw how the season, the rest of the season progressed after that draw at the Bernabeu, and you realize how good they are, how many how many points they were taking off really good teams, and then, and you look at the standings, you're like, oh my god, they're they're seventh place, they're eighth place. I I don't know what was the highest they actually got to last season, um, but in the end, we're all just we're just blown away, and I I always tweet out. Eighth place A bar in in caps lock because I just think it's amazing. <laughs> like every week, I'm like, you look at the standings, like they're back, they're here after a slow start. What is it about them, Ewan? Like you've written about them. What is it about them that they can just get so many good results relative to their size? Because they're tiny. Yeah, they really are tiny. I mean, um, the sort of subline in the book was, you know, La Liga's smallest team, and and that's because they are. They still are, even with Leganes and Girona coming up and. And their stories are they're sort of similar, but uh, Leganes and Girona are both much bigger clubs than Ibar even are. 
Yeah. And yeah, when they came up, this was the first ever time in La Liga, and they were actually favourites to get relegated from the Segunda Division the year that they were playing there, and instead they won it, which was kind of crazy. Not they they didn't just get promoted; they won the league ahead of Deportivo, who, who finished second. Mm. And it's hard to pinpoint exactly what it is because they've had a really great five years and they've had a lot of different players in that time, partly because they're not afraid to uh, cut the cord with a player. If they sign someone, it doesn't work out. After a year, they'll both part ways. They're fine. That's cool. Everyone says goodbye. No hard feelings. So, And on the other hand, if a player does really well, he often moves to a bigger club. So a lot of players have changed. The coach has changed as well. Uh, Gaiska Garitano was the guy who got them the consecutive promotions. And then he left after the end of the first season and Jose Luis Mendilibar has come in. So there's been so much change that there's not really like a common variable um, to sort of work out what's gone wrong. And the one common variable, which I would point to then, is Fran Gallagarza, who is the sporting director. And and then, um, yeah, he's maybe like a sort of monchi in, in waiting. I mean, this guy is just, he just has an eye for a good deal, a good a good bargain. He can He can find a good player on the cheap bring them in and um, the way he's described it is they are always scouting loads and loads and loads of players at once and then whenever they find someone that they really like they almost that's when they really just make that their focus and zone in on that and yeah they've made some great signings over the years and um, they've got a great great coach now in Mendili Bar and yeah I think the home field helps as well because Iparura is is quite a unique stadium in terms of La Liga. It does it doesn't it have a different pitch size or is that it's is it is it standard? It's uh, everyone talks about how small it is. I think this year it is actually the smallest, um, but mm. it's not always actually been the smallest in La Liga. Last year it certainly wasn't. Um, the stadium is the smallest, but sometimes that leads um, opposition players to to complain about the pitch too much. Sevilla coach Montella after they were thrashed five uh, one there yeah. a few weeks ago, he complained about how small the pitch is and. <laughs> Um, but the truth is, it isn't actually that. It isn't actually ridiculously small because the way Ibar play, they they quite like to to hit the ball into spaces, so it wouldn't actually suit them to have a a tiny tiny pitch. Well, I was, was going to say, like their playing style, it's a very traditional four four two, and they make use of the flanks and crossing, and they're very good at it. Like I remember, it's funny because you know being a Real Madrid journalist, and every every week the questions are complaining about the crosses, the amount of crosses Real Madrid put in. <laughs> And um, I think it's generally a fair criticism, but obviously when it works and, you know, our crosses are firing and they're good, no one complains. Um, anyway, the, where I'm going with this is that the only team that puts more crosses per game in La Liga than Real Madrid are Eibar at 28 crosses per game. And I think they've they've really been able to make this identity work because Inui and, and Pedro Leon and now Ivan Alejo, just fantastic on the flanks. And then you have two like really behemoths up there, like in Sergio Enrique and Kike. And it's really cool that they've been able to kind of brand themselves with this identity and it's like traditional play and gives so many big teams problems, you know? Yeah, it's, they've got a game plan and it really works. I mean, uh, they can play so well on the counter-attack, but their main aim when they win the ball is just get it out wide quickly and get the ball in the box and yeah you mentioned those wingers there Fabian Oriana they brought in as well in January and he's been he's been really good since he arrived he's he picked up an injury last week though so he won't be available for this weekend's game right um but he's been really really good when he's since he's come in and 
Uh, yeah, they've just got such a bank of wingers. I mean, even Oriana goes down, you've still got, like you say, Pedro Leon, Alejo can can do do a job on the right side, and then you've got Takashi Nui on on the left, and the fullbacks as well. Jose Angel, I think, is the only. Uh, I think in terms of assists from defenders in La Liga, only hard. Uh, Jordi Alba has more assists than he does huh. um, the Ibar left back and then on the other side you've got either Ander Kappa or Ruben Pena who both love to get forward as well so uh, yeah, Ibar are a team that love to play on the wings and get balls into the box a little bit like you mentioned like Real Madrid do and um, they're not really getting them towards Cristiano Ronaldo, instead they have uh, a sort of, sort of trio of centre forwards who can all sort of hold the ball up and um, yeah, it really seems to work for them, and that's that's actually what it, maybe why Iber struggled so much last weekend. So they, last weekend, right, they went to play Deportivo, and the first half was going perfectly. You know, Deportivo had all the ball, but Iber were counterattacking really, really well. And then the Deportivo goalkeeper does something really stupid, runs out his box, gets himself sent off, and for the second half, Deportivo parked the bus, and there were like ten men behind the ball the whole game, and. I think the worst thing for Ibar that could have happened in that game was the red card because all of a sudden they had all the ball and they had to pick the lock and they're not a team that's equipped to do that. They're best when the other team has a majority of possession and they can break quickly. And when they do have possession, they still need a bit of space to work into and to work down the wings. And against Deportivo, even though they had a man less, they were all in the box and that just didn't work for Ibar. That was was the one where... Was that the one where Endone scored? I think it was... Dimitrovic just like it kind of bounces yeah. up the post and it hits him and it goes in, right? It was like, yeah, terrible, yeah, unfortunate goal to concede, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he'd made a couple of good saves, so it's a bit of a shame for him to, yeah. to have that one go down as an own goal, but uh, but yes, yeah, so that was Ibar not equipped to break, break down a team like that. They're they're better on the on the counter attack, as we saw against Barcelona a few weeks ago, and um, when they played really well until Oriana uh, lost his head, punched the ball, and got himself sent off. Is is Oriana the biggest signing in the club's history? Do you think? Well, he's a loan signing, so yeah. so not really. Paulo Paulo Oliveira, which I think I've still not pronounced that right. Uh, he he was the most expensive signing last summer. He came in for about three million euros. And the right. funny thing is, he has, he hasn't actually played as much as as was maybe expected of him. And Ibar's best signings over the last few years tend to have been the free agents and the loans, and and they've made some of them permanent if they've worked. And yeah, they've just got a real knack for the the free agent. Uh, market and and maybe that's a maybe that's a sort of deficiency that they have because in Ivor's history they just never signed players. I mean, um, you take probably the the least expensive player in Real Madrid squad, and he's probably still more expensive than Ivor's combined transfer history. They just didn't yep. ever pay for a player, um, and now they have started to in the last few years. You know, one million here, one point five million there, but it's a brand new skill for their sporting department to have to learn because. When you're in the second division or lower, as Ibra have been in Spanish football, you know once you get once you get down to the the sort of uh, beyond the top thirty teams in the country, teams just don't have the money to buy anybody. You have to be really smart when you're when your budget is such, and and I'm sure yeah. you've touched on this in the book, and you also just mentioned uh, Galagazar, who who you think is like kind of like a, a, a their version of Monchi, right? But you look at their this is like so they got Charles for free from Malaga. Um, but that's fine. It's not like Charles is going to light the league on fire. But I, this one stands out to me. Ivan Alejo, 22-year-old, who has changed their season, 300000 they got him for. That's amazing. 
Yeah, and it, it's 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 unbelievable how they managed to to get these these deals done. But I think the most incredible thing is the way they convince the players. And um, I was speaking to Raul Albentosa for the book, and one of the things that I found really interesting that he was explaining was when he signed for Ibar, he was saying that he had bigger offers elsewhere, but he took the Ibar offer, and he said a lot of other players had done the same because although they were the players were being offered less money they were guaranteed that they would be paid on time because he'd been at so many clubs where the boardroom was a mess and the club had financial difficulties and the players were due two or three months wages and for players in the second division or lower half of the first division you know they they need their pay packet they don't have millions yeah. in the bank already they yeah. need their pay on time so some players were willing to take a slight pay cut to go to Ibar safe in the knowledge that they are financially well run and that they might get a bit less but they'll get it on the last day of the month yeah that they just get that consistency and peace of mind at least yeah. yeah um can you tell us what you you spent a lot of time on this book um and i'm and i'm sure books are a lot of work and i kind of know that because i'm kind of working on one behind the scenes but after everything was finished and you you finished it it was it was published. What was the biggest thing you took away from it? What was the one fact that really blew your mind the most? Yeah, I think the thing that that, uh, that kind of stayed with me with the book was just how how passionate the fans were that Ibar have. And I mean, they they say they're pocos per locos, you know, uh, just a few of them, but they're crazy. Mm. And it's very true that even when they were in the third tier, the fourth tier, there was a core group of about two hundred fans who went to every game and they still do and you know Ibar now filled their stadium they've expanded it and you know they still have the smallest attendance in La Liga but for a town of 27,000 people when they bring 5,000, 6,000 every week that's still pretty crazy Yeah. but this group is just they're behind the goal you see them if you're watching an Ibar game on the television on the right hand side behind that goal the East Stand the Scotland Brava fan group there they're just absolutely phenomenal the way they support the team and, and they go to almost every away game and um, you know, I've made quite a lot of friendships with these guys because they just—they're really passionate for Ibar, and I think it can't be underestimated how big a an influence they've had in that Ibar story just by just by being there and supporting the team when there used to be nobody to support them. I I, I remember actually asking you this in person when I saw you in Madrid, and and mm. forgive me because I actually don't remember the answer because I know you you cover <laughs> more than one team. Are you are you an Ibar fan? You, I mean, it's natural to gravitate towards them regardless of who you support because they're likable. But do you do you support them or do you have anyone you support? Yeah, I think I support them. Uh, before beforehand, I didn't really have like one La Liga team um, that I'd supported. I mean, there was a few uh, players I'd always liked, or I'd been in different cities, and there were a few teams you had a soft spot for. But um, I'd, I would say now, if someone asked me what is my La Liga team, I'd, I'd always say it's Ibar because. Uh, I had such a, a good experience covering them and covering those fans and uh, some of the way days that they have are, are just really good fun and, and that's why it would be so cool to see them in Europa League because even if they get knocked out in the first qualifying round, people sometimes say, wouldn't Ibar be terrible with the Europa League because then they'd be distracted in La Liga and they'd get relegated and if I was to put that to any one of the Ibar fans, they would say, so what? Like, we're supposed to be relegated. Like, we're supposed to be in the second division. Like, the president even said they're natural places in the third division. Mm. Um, so if they can, you know, they'll get relegated one day. Of course they will. But if they can have one Europa League adventure before that, 
that's just going to be that's just going to be incredible. Yeah, it'll be timeless. It, I, I agree with you. I mean, yeah, the, exactly. I, I, I can't. And, like, there was a lot of arguments last season saying this would be bad for Abar. I don't. I don't see it. I. This is something you strive for as a club. You, this is you. This would be a, a huge goal and a huge achievement for them. Yeah, I mean, if you go to Hitafi, right, just outside the Hitafi Stadium, they have the sort of supporters uh, club, the sort of grouping uh, where all the fan clubs can go. And you go in, and all the pictures on the wall, like almost all the pictures on the wall, are from their Europa League trips when they were in the or the UEFA Cup, I think it was back then. And um, because I mean, that was still like that's like a decade ago now, but that's like that's like the pinnacle of their history, basically. And they're never going to forget it. And I think it would be the, it would be exactly the same if Ibar uh, managed to make it. Um, a couple more things, and then I'm going to let you go to your your game because um, I'm sure you'd rather be at that. Um, <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> um, you don't you don't know how cold it is outside. Is it cold? It's pretty it's, cold. Isn't it supposed to be warming up by now? Mm, I can confirm it's still pretty cold. Oh no, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, well, it's. Do the they, Russians do they have home. heaters at the Wanda? No, no. no. But the oh, heaters, geez. the heaters at the Bernabeu are too hot. It's it's too hot. They're very high up though. Uh, so on a cold night, they actually don't do too much. I kind of I remember just like at the on a really cold day at the Bernabeu, I actually looked up at the ceiling more than I did at the game because I just wanted to warm my <laughs> face. <laughs> um, we actually before I started recording, I uh, I put out a quick call to our patrons to see if anyone. Has any last second questions? I might I might ask you, and I got and I got one. Uh, this mm. is from our patron Christopher McCormick. So if you guys want to pledge and you like the show, Patreon.com/slash/ManagingMadrid. Christopher says, "Why is Takashi Inui such a boss? Such a what? A boss? Uh, well, the w- the weird thing was he really wanted to come to La Liga. Like he'd wanted to come to La Liga for a long time, and and he'd been at Frankfurt and." No team was really willing to take a chance on him. It was a bit of an unknown. And I were, were able to get him just by being that one team willing to offer him a route into into La Liga. And it was a very interesting decision from Iber's point of view because they'd never had, they'd hardly ever had non-Spaniards in the team. They'd had a couple during the years, maybe a couple of South Americans. But to have a Japanese player in Ibar, I can't convey just how crazy that is. And you see him walking like down the street in Ibar and he doesn't he hardly speaks a word of Spanish still. He's been there a couple of years and um but he's just such a nice guy. He'll wave to everybody, he's walking down the street with his loaf of bread and he waves. He doesn't have a clue what everyone's shouting no shouting Alpa Alpa Inui, you know, come on, we love you. He has no idea what's going on, but he's just a really nice guy and and he's just such a hard worker and obviously a really talented player and Ibar were quite lucky to get him, and I think they were lucky to get him in the sense that uh, they were the ones willing to take a risk, and he just his his dream had been to play in the Liga, and they offered him the, the chance to do so. He's he's such a likable character, like you said, and I yeah. think um, there was that there was didn't he score a couple goals at again the Camp Nou last season? I think it was on was on the last match day because Real Madrid was playing in Malaga. Yeah, this was the one where. Real Madrid had to slip up and Barcelona had to win and right. I think Real Madrid scored really really early so it was kind of over but yeah. but he scored, he put Ibar 2-0 ahead yeah. in no time and, and you can only imagine if Malaga had drawn that game or something then basically Real Madrid fans would have even more reason to love Takashi Inui because yeah. <laughs> he would have been the one who who stalled the Barcelona 
title charge in the end. Barcelona that, came back, the, and but, they were both really nice goals. Like, uh, oh yeah, they were like outrageous the, actually. Like two of the goals of the season, but no one cared because it was the last day and everyone yeah. was worrying about. It. I mean, that game was so weird because he scored two of the goals of the season, and then Messi's like last goal to make it like four two or something was also like just incredible. But nobody cared because like everybody was focusing on the, the final title. like yeah. stoppage time in Malaga, obviously. Yeah. So. That was a that was a strange game. There was definitely because like we were all the Madridists were obviously watching the Malaga game, and then during the game they would provide updates like oh goal Inui, and they would show the clip on the feed, and we were going crazy. And there was like after Inui scored the second goal, like we were we were ready to put him on the Tamu, Tamudo level when Raúl Tamudo just Tamudasoed <laughs> Barca um, back in the day, and and that helped us win the title. Um, Last question before I let you go. What's your prediction? By the way, Pedro Leon should be back for this game, I think. This is will this be his first game back or has he played? No, he's come on as a substitute twice. Okay. Um I, I he, he probably start I think because Oriana's out injured. Um either Alejo will start and Pedro Leon will come on or vice versa. Um but that's gonna be cool seeing him against his former club and yeah. um he looked really good actually in the when he came on against, I think it was Villarreal a couple of games ago. Um, but of course, when you come back from a knee injury, it's always is it can be really devastating. And I mean, this is like we're in March, and these are his first games of the whole season. So I think you don't want to put too much pressure on him because, yeah, I mean, he's obviously really talented. But this is kind of his preseason. So if he does anything great, then brilliant. But you can't really expect, you know, the kind of Pedro Leon performances of last season. From a guy who's who's just been on the on the medical medical report for about eight or nine months, and I'm still waiting for your prediction. Oh, prediction! Mm, I don't know. I mean, Ibar have been so good in the home game. Like they never beat any of the big teams. They never beat Barcelona, Atleti, or Real Madrid. Um, but they've been so good in the home games this year against Barcelona and Atleti. But they still lost, and I think that's what's going to happen again. I think. Ibar will play really well. They'll give Real Madrid some problems. I mean, obviously Real Madrid just played in a really intense game in Paris. I think Ibar will cause them problems. I think they'll maybe score, but Real Madrid will come back and win 2-1, I think. Um, Ian McTeer, I really appreciate you doing this, and uh, I hope you have a safe trek to the Wanda and you stay warm, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me. No worries. Thanks for having me. All right, guys, before we let you go, we just wanted to give some quick patron shout-outs. Shout-out to all 300-plus of you amazing patrons. Uh, and, if, and if those of you who are listening are not patrons yet, you want access to more shows and, and get rewards, patreon.com slash managingmadrid. You can go there and pledge. Uh, it would mean a lot to us. Shout-out to these specific patrons who pledge $10 or more. And one of your, one of your rewards is that you actually get a specific shout-out on the podcast. Shout out to Nick Stefani, Frederick Sundros, Leon Stavronakis, Bjorn Salvador, John Fernandez, Said Mahat, Sergio Monleon, Red Bat, Anthony Vasquez, Yahya Ibrahim, Nick Ribeiro, Eric Rogers, Sheikh Hatiri, Ian Marley, Dan Burke, Jahan Watson, Anton Hackberg, Jimmy Obeid, Daniel Smith, Solomon Ortiz, and Jeanette. You guys are amazing, and I apologize in advance if there's any noise in the background or thumping on the microphone, or me laughing because my son, Luca, is on my lap and he's just being hilarious. You want to say something in the mic, Luca? No, he's not feeling it right now. At any rate, he'll make his podcast debut at some point. All right, guys, appreciate you all, and hala
Have you heard? Metro by T-Mobile now includes Amazon Prime. Yes, enjoy the best of shopping and entertainment, movies, TV shows, music, free shipping, and much more. All included for just $40 per line for three lines. All on the T-Mobile network. Discover the smarter way. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. One offer per account. Offer subject to change. $12.99 per month value. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video at 480p. Capable device required. See store for details and terms and conditions. Have you heard? Metro by T-Mobile now includes Amazon Prime. Yes, enjoy the best of shopping and entertainment, movies, TV shows, music, free shipping, and much more. All included for just $40 per line for three lines. All on the T-Mobile network. Discover the smarter way. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. One offer per account. Offer subject to change. $12.99 per month value. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video at 480p. Capable device required. See store for details and terms and conditions. Sports Social Podcast Network.